Is there a word from the Lord? Our scripture reading this morning comes to us out of the Gospel of Mark, first fourth chapter, verses 14 through 20. Mark, the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 20. Our scripture reads this morning, The soil soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside, and where the word is sown. But when they are heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that is sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have not uh, root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. And afterward, when affliction and persecution arises, and the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such that hear the word, and care of the world, of this world, and deceitfulness of the riches, and lust of other things, entice, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And may the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his holy and his righteous word. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, again for this opportunity to come. And we thank you, Lord, for another day that we can praise and give your name all glory and honor. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for Piney Hill family and the Piney Hill Church, Lord. And we ask that you would just put your loving arms around them and bless them in a mighty way, Lord. Help us, O Heavenly Father, that we might continue to live our life so that we can be an example for those who follow after us. Lord, we pray for the bereaved, the sick, the shut in. We pray, O Heavenly Father, for the lost, that those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we ask that you would just bless now your dear servant who stand in, O Heavenly Father, before this mighty altar that I might be able to preach and to be able to give the word, O Heavenly Father, as you have given it unto me. Lord, we bless your name today. We praise your name. In Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Let the household of faith say amen. You know, the recipe of success and has produced by many books and many authors have written novelties and to overcome uh, the difficulties of trying to have success in their life and many have written books about overnight success and and so many that we can't even number we got so many how-to books out there that we uh, try to look at to try to develop a process of how to gain the riches of this world but many of those things will not succeed you know each of these have steps and each one has a new unique path to be able to take to be able to receive those things that they have in life and then there there are just too many books and too many series of different steps that we have to have to succeed and many of them uh, is no different when we try to deal with ministry. You know, last week we talked about conditioning for your position and where Paul talked about building on a good foundation and, and that we could be able to uh, fit that right into our message this morning. So how you start has a whole lot to do with the likelihood of you succeeding or failing. You know, we talked about annealing and softening and tempering and hardening as a process that God uses uh, to condition us for the position that he has called us to be able to uh, uh, be in in life. And success and failure has much to do with that process that we go through and how we come out on the other side. Sometimes too soft or too hard and our approach will determine uh, the, the success 
aspects of the journey that God has put us on and uh, many times it's detrimental to the way that we succeed because sometimes we are a little too hard and it's a little too soft. You know, cooks always talk about good ingredients in the beginning of a good menu, but carpenters talk about uh, the quality of the product or the wood they're using and manufacturers speak highly of the material and the quality that they have, but, uh, but also the process. See, you can have good stuff, but your process is not right. It will not make a good product at the end. So, so no matter how good the material is, the process demands uh, just as much attention to the quality of success that we have in life. You know, and, and out of all, uh, an out of control process that we have uh, in anything that we do in life will create a mess. And if you don't have a good control over your process, things will not come out the way that you should. You know, Paul at the church of Corinth, he said, let all things be done decently in order. And the word here we're talking about is order. In order for us to succeed in life, you have to have order. Order tells me things must be in a controlled process, a controlled way of doing things in order for to be able to reap the harvest that God has in store for us. So we have to be doing things decently in order and, 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 and to achieve the greatness that God has for us in this life. So we need to be in control of our each and every move. You know, we got to watch over our body. Paul said that I keep my body under subjection. You got to keep everything in order to be able to get the greater success in life that God has for us. So here on this uh, communion Sunday, we, we're going to talk about in the third of our series of uh, positioning for success or failure in ministry. Positioning for success or failure in ministry. Let us bow. Father God, we just thank you today. We pray, Lord, that you would just continue to bless in a mighty way. Just oversight of your dear servant, Lord. Just bless me that I may be able to do the works that you have called me to do. Be with us, O oh Lord, throughout this. Empower me with your wisdom. This is we pray in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, this is the third in our series of, of positioning and conditioning in ministry that we have uh, talked about in the last three weeks. According to Dr. Uh, Nito, uh, he says, an international speaker and accomplished author on sales and communications and leadership, and he's also the president of High Point University. Uh, there are ten crucial ways uh, to position ourselves for success or failure. You know, uh, power positioning is present, uh, presenting yourself in the right person in, in the right time, in the right place, and in the right way, and with the right message. And, and if you can do all of these things and, and do it all day, every day, uh, it's incredible success will come your way. But this applies to every profession, including in our ministry. You know, we're always trying to sell something, whether it's a product or service or an image or even your name. You know, what separates the real pros from the amateurs is their ability to uh, make whatever that they are providing vitally important to you each and every day of your life. You know, such positioning is not uh, something that you can achieve quickly, you know, or once in a lifetime thing. Uh, you got to continuously practice that each and every day, discovering the new ways in order for to take uh, uh, charge of the way that your clients or the people that you're trying to reach to see the prospects that they have in store out of your message that you're trying to deliver. No better plan, your strategy 
strategy for your positioning of yourself, the more successful in your efforts are going to be. In, in the area, in fact, 10 crucial factors that we should consider that will position us in order for to succeed in this ministry that God has called us to. The first thing is, you should position yourself first in your mind. You know, the way that you see yourself will shape the way that other people see you. And the way that you think about yourself will determine how you do everything in life. Then number two is to position yourself with your attitude. Our attitudes towards our clients and the prospects will always show up in the way we treat people. And the more than any other single factor, the way we treat others will determine the way they respond to us. And number three is to position yourself with your appearance. The first impression will get uh, it, it will lock it in stone no matter how well you try to change things afterwards. You know, it is like or not, if the way you look is more is the most important factor in, in, in how you will make your first impression with people. It's most crucial for your process or progress to judge your importance by the way you look when you go in to meet someone and, and even the appeal of your ministry. If it doesn't look good on the outside, very few people will want to get involved with a ministry that doesn't have a good appeal. You know, to position yourself, number four, with your actions. You know, your prospects will determine your importance, your, your intentions, and your reliability, and many other critical factors by watching everything you do. Folk are looking at the church today wondering, uh, is our motives right? And, and many times that we are not successful in ministry because of our actions. We are saying one thing but doing another. And then position yourself, number five, with your words. Every word you say positions you either to be a person of, of success or one of failure. It is one to be dismissed quickly. Sometimes people don't think that what they said is being heard. It's like sometimes parents will whisper things thinking that children will not hear it, but the children hear everything you said. So you need to understand to position yourself with the words you said. Number six, position yourself with your focus. The real pros position themselves uh, 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 before their the clients will, 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 will focus and precisely doing exactly what they said that they're going to do. You know, they got to be able to stay focused on the path. That's why Paul said, I, I press toward the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Keep your focus right. You'll be able to succeed in this thing called ministry. Number seven, position yourself with your presentation. See, the way that you go about setting up and presenting yourself does a lot about your first impressions that people have about you. So you got to make a good presentation. You got to present yourself friendly. That's what the Bible tells me. Present yourself friendly so that your presentation, learn your, to, to study, to show yourself to prove, to be able to rightly divide the word. Make your presentation so it can be understandable, so it can be clearly understood exactly the way that your message 
you position yourself by the way you handle objections. You know, amateurs see objections as excuses for not to ban or invitations to do the battle. But real pros recognize that objections show a prospect's legitimate concerns and issues that must be cleared up before you can be able to make a decision to buy something in life. You know, position yourself even with people uh, against what you say and hopefully is trying to tell you you need to get back on the path. You need to get your focus right. Position yourself, number nine, by the way you close. You know, the, the, the way that you ask for an assignment can position you uh, as a true professional is often it provides you the value of your prospect. But the way that you close can make a deal uh, successful or not. So you got to close with power and authority. You got to close with something that will remain in their mind, your subconscious mind, so that they will never forget that they met you on that particular day with that particular message. So your message have to have a good close in order for your ministry to be successful. You know, that makes a whole lot of difference that, that you close without going over exactly what your product means to sell. We're trying to market Christ Jesus. We're trying to market the ability to have God as the Lord over your life. So if you don't close right, you won't have the success in your ministry that you will have uh, uh, and you'll surely fail. Then number 10, the final one, is to position yourself with the way you follow up. See, the church folk have a hard time to follow up. We had a program, and I've said it two or three times, programs at, at Hills Creek when I was there under Pastor Price. Uh, we had a uh, family and friends day. We talked about the seven uh, ways of, 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 of reaching out to people uh, that are outside of our church congregation. And the last step was to follow up. You need to follow up. If you invite somebody to come to your church or invite somebody to be a part of your ministry, you need to follow up. Just because uh, they said that they would be there and they couldn't be there, or even if they said they would be there and came by, you need to follow up and thank them for participating in your ministry. And you need to follow up. So the vital fact of positioning yourself as a professional was once that you've made contact, follow up and make sure that you've offered to them everything that they need. People in church, we need to learn how to follow up. Piney Hill, we need to learn how to follow up. Because once you follow up, you're letting that person know that you really care about them and you're there to minister to their each and every need. If you don't follow up, that means that they weren't important to you as they thought they were. You weren't important to them as a minister as you thought you was because you didn't think that they were important enough for you to follow up and make sure that everything was all right in their life. When you have death in the family, follow up. You know, when you're ministering to people that are sick, follow up. If you're ministering to people that are hungry, follow up. Always make sure that once you fed them, will they able to continue to receive what they need and to be able to supply that. And once you do those 10 steps, it really counts that you know and believe, but, but what your prospects think and feel of you is more important. You make them believe in your ministry, that your ministry is what they need in their life. So that's what Dr. Nito says. That, but, but what does the Bible say? That's what we want to talk about this morning. Dr. Nito gives us these earthly uh, principles.
principles to how to succeed and, and, and how to uh, position yourself for success. But I want to talk about what does the Bible say. So in our text this morning, Jesus was on the seaside teaching the disciples and a multitude of followers, and he began to teach them in parables. And he was no longer teaching in the synagogue. He was uh, teaching by the seashore, and he made uh, the unorthodox approach to his teaching uh, that by going outside of the synagogues, and Jesus was prepared to use new methods. And many times in ministry, what you're working with ain't working. You got to be able to try something new. Jesus was prepared to try some new approaches to reaching people that were outside of the synagogue, those people that were uh, left out, and those that were thrown away, those that were being dismissed. He was uh, willing to take religious preaching and teaching uh, out of this conventional setting in the synagogue, out into open door crowds and ordinary men and women, not the churchgoers and not those Sanhedrins and those Pharisees that were inside of the temple. He wanted to take the message out to the common man so that he could reach more people. See, there must have been uh, many uh, in the Orthodox Jews that regarded this new departure is, is something stunning and, and it was sensationalism. And Jesus was wise enough to know that when these new methods were necessary, that he was able to go out and do it. So this new departure was a new method that was needed to meet people that are outside of the realm where we can call everyday churchgoers. So we got to be able to reach folk outside of the norm. And, and that's what Jesus had in our lesson that, that the parable is literally a, a, a story that's told with a, a, a earthly story with a heavenly principle. And, and the first mostly Jesus chose parables as a method simply to make people listen. So you got to have a story who's relative to what you're doing in order for people to hear you and to be effective as a ministry. And, 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 and he was dealing with an assembly of people in the assembly of God that were all kind of on a common ground. But now he's dealing with a crowd in an open air that they're free to walk around, they're free to do. So the first thing that he must do, he got to get their interest so that they can be able to listen to him without wandering off and going in different places. Unless their interest was aroused, they would simply drift away. So Jesus was trying to put a subject matter so that they could be interested enough where they would listen to him and not get uh, uh, torn away by other interests that was around them. So the very essence of parables is that they must be spontaneous and unrehearsed. And Jesus looks around and, and he's seeking a point of contact in the crowd. So as he was looking around, he happened to look and there in the crowd was a farmer. And Jesus says, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass that when he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured them, and some fell on stony ground, where it was not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, but because there was no depth of the earth, that when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Then some fell among thorns, and, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And the other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up, and it increased, and it brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath an ear, let him hear. See, we are all saying 
that we should meet people where they are and that's just what Jesus did. Jesus was meeting people where they are. He was meeting people of all different employments and he wanted to be able to say something that day will it impact his message upon those that was in his hearing. You know, and he told parable to, about sheep to the shepherds. He told parables about wine to the vine dressers. He talks to the, to, to the fishermen about fishing. And now today, he's talking to those farmers about sowing. And the parable must be relative to the audience always in order for them to understand the spiritual or heavenly meaning of that earthly parable. And as Jesus spotted this farmer, he spontaneously told a parable that relate to many times how they would grow their crops by the seaside. You know, to the farmer, the parable was easy for to understand, but many of Jesus' disciples were mostly fishermen. They didn't get the gist of the story, you know, and, and they just couldn't understand what was Jesus talking about. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody who just, just didn't get it, didn't understand what you were talking about? Our text goes on saying in verses 10 to 13, and when he was alone and they were about him uh, with the 12, they asked him a parable. And Jesus' expectation of his close disciples to understand far from what he was expecting. They could understand uh, how uh, he was being able to tell them about this farmer sowing uh, the seed. And they were fishermen, so they just didn't get it. He had this uh, select crew of, of disciples that he had chosen to follow him, and he couldn't quite understand why they couldn't get it. So Jesus said, unto you I've given the known the mystery of the kingdom of God, and unto them that are without all of these things are done in parables, that seeing that they may see and not receive, and, and hearing that they might hear and not understand, lest any time they should be converted, and their sins shall be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not these parables? And how then will you understand all parables? Jesus said that if you can't understand this simple parable, how do you understand the greater things that I got to teach you? So what Jesus had, had made available to them, he said it's special. He said, can you imagine sitting at the foot of Jesus, huh? hearing all of his words and seeing all of his miracles and, and just being around him every day? Can you imagine how these guys felt? But these guys, they had the best. You know, they were the one to see with Jesus doing each and everything that he had done. We got so many people that have been in church for 50 and 60 years and, and we're still immature in the way that we live and we don't quite get it all. Paul has said that our brethren could it not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal, as even unto babes in Christ. So I have fed you with milk and, and not with meat and hitherto you're not able to bear it. Neither know you are able. You see I wanted to come at you real Paul was saying but I wanted to come at you real but because of the fact that you just didn't understand I had to break it down for you. Jesus told them that he had given them the great mystery to be able to position themselves to live in victory each and every day. To be able to know other folk what they couldn't see you know. And, and the Bible, uh, the problem is that although that I put you in a position and it seems that you can't see no either. They, they were here to be, know what Jesus did. They sat at his feet. But all 
saying. If you can't understand this, Jesus says, how can you understand that? To which I'm going to tell you that you're going to have to do once I leave here. Your success and failure in ministry depends on you understanding what you're teaching and how to operate in the position that God has called you to do. You can't be a minister or in the ministry and not understanding what God has for you to do. If you're questioning yourself, we said in the Sunday school, you got to be faithful. You can't be wavering and not understanding and not sure of what God has called you to do. What God has called you for a position, we said last week, he will equip you. But you got to be able to discern all of those things. In our wisdom studies in Sunday school, you got to have a discernment of what God is calling you to do. You, you got to be on board. You, you got to be able to operate in your position. You know, then Jesus gives us the secret to this parable of how to position yourself for success. Our first step is position yourself for success. You got to start with the right seed. Now, the text says that the seed, the soil soweth the word. See, when, when, when I bought our store, I read that I, I must have a business plan and follow the plan and revisit the plan and make an adjustments if necessary to stay focused on me to achieve success as a businessman. And, you know, we, we'll notice later on that having the right seed and the right product and the business plan will not ensure success if you don't do due diligence in how to sow and execute your plan. See, ministry is, not, is no different. You, you can write down your scope and your bylaws and, 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 and your constitution, but if you don't follow Dr. Nito's steps to position yourself for success, many things just won't work out. You can have all of the I's dotted and the T's crossed, but if you don't stay focused, that many times your ministry, they won't stay focused on the word. That's what he's trying to say. Stay focused on the word. The sower soweth the word. And in order for you to succeed in life, stay around the word. Churches get drifting off to the left or to the right. We get caught up in the social things. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Your church should be involved with social injustices in the world today. But our primary reason for us to be where we are, the position that we're in, is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, go ye therefore in all the earth, preaching the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our focus is the word. We need to get the word of God out so that men, women, and boys and girls can be able to get adopted to this thing that we call Christianity. We stay focused on the word, and once we get the word in the people of God, in their ministry. Our ministry has not been as successful as it should be because we ain't grounded in the Word. It's got to have the Word of God to begin our, that's the first step in succeeding in ministry is getting grounded in the Word of God. And the next step to positioning yourself for success in ministry is to be careful where you build your ministry. Be careful where you build your ministry. See, our text says that, and they were days that were by the wayside and where the word is sown, but they that which heard it, Satan came immediately and taken away that word that was sown in their heart. The Bible is hard when, when it comes to ministry. It's hard on, it don't take, it ain't lightly when, when you talk to ministry. Jesus said that, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample it under feet.
seat and turn again and render unto you. See, we should always be uh, uh, careful about where we saw our ministry. See, we should always go where ministry is needed, but not always saying that we should want to give up on people, but then still we should be careful of how much time that we invest in folk that is unfruitful. People don't want to receive the word, and you're pouring into them each and every day. You're pouring into them. And, and Jesus said at one time that when they fail to receive you, shake the dust off your feet and go somewhere else. See, we, we, we heard us that we want to give up on folk, but sometimes when you exhausted everything you got on people and they're not receiving your word, you got to be careful where, where, where you're going to build your word at. Be careful where you build your ministry at. See, much effort is made to make ministry work, wherever it is, but once you've done everything that you can do, Jesus said you need to move on. See, a lot of our effort is unrepentant people will leave a lot of good folk a good ground untested. You waste your whole time on a lot of folk that don't, don't want to receive the word. I ain't telling you that don't give up on them, but the thing about it is, you can put your resources somewhere else. Instead of being focused, you're wandering around the wayside and away from the ministry that God has called for you to do in your life. See, the devil will try to get you off course. Do I need to say that again? The devil will try to get you off course. Instead of you focusing on the ministry that God has called you to do, you're trying to be everything to everybody. And I hate to tell you this morning, you cannot be everything to every to everybody. If you get off course, failure is imminent. See, you can't be everything to everyone. To position yourself for success and failure, be careful where you build your ministry. Because people is look, there are organizations and needs out there to meet people's needs. So you cannot be the church that's supposed to be grounded in the word and trying to get your hands into everything. Trying to be everything to everybody will only minimize the ministry that God has called you to do. And then in positioning yourself for success in ministry, some folk will lead you on and get you invested in failure. Our text says that well, and, and, and these were likewise which are sown on stony ground, who and when they have heard the word immediately received it with gladness and have not root in themselves, and sure and so endure but for a time and afterward when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So you see some, some folk in ministry are, are church hopping. And, 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 and church bopping. I, I know y'all done heard about church hopping, but I don't know whether you heard about church popping. See, you, you build a ministry around them, and, and as soon as things get tough, and, and, and you're dependent on them, you put them in positions, and, and you look around, and they're gone. But you've been with you ever since the ministry got started, and then when they really need it, they, they, they're hopping and popping. Huh? Church hopping is, is one that come and go uh, from one group to the next without committing. But church popping is those that pop in every now and then, and then for the photo op. You know, every time you have a camera around, you got folk that pop in for the photo op. But then when the work is getting ready to get done, they pop out. Huh? Church hopping and church popping. See, I'm glad to be with you when it started, but when the rubber meets the road, huh? They started hopping and popping. See, say, say something about getting the work done, then carrying their own weight, they quickly get offended. You approach them about them not being in the place and doing what they should do, they get offended, and next thing I know, they, they hopping and popping. See, you cannot 
be careful to invest yourself in people that are not willing to stay with you. That as soon as persecution comes, they said they're going to be scattered and running their way. You need committed people. Then next, position yourself for success in ministry. Don't go after those that are just looking out for self-gain. Our text says what? And these are days which are sown among thorns, such as the hear the word and cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and lust of other things enter into them and to choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. See, trying to build your ministry on a team. Everybody needs a team, man. They team. Mr. T has a team, man. And, but you got to have a team. But when you build your ministry on, on a team, you got to have a team that's willing to go with you all the way to success. See, some folk uh, that's in the ministry, but then some folks saying it's for the money. Some ministers are in it for the ministry, but some ministers are in it for the money. And, you know, like I told you, when a photo op is over, that, that all of a sudden their interest is fade away. And, and there's something in it for them. They, they'll be there, but when it ain't in it for them, they'll fade away and they'll, they'll vanish off the scene. See, so your team has to be uh, a, a, a dependable member. You know, you got to be a dependable member. And, and, and your, your team has to be focused. not the rest of us. See, thought everything was in place. You, you fitted everything together. You had your team together on one accord. But the motives of some of them just won't right. And, and you can see it right away. Your motives were pure to, to call to ministry. But everybody ain't in the game to win. I hate to tell you, easily distracted by the sound of what's better over there. That's why you had the hoppers and the poppers. What sounded good for them with time for us to get grump time, they hopped and they popped, you know, into another interest and they left. You all stranded. You thought you had your team together. You, you thought that you were getting ready to succeed. See, don't sow into ministry around you with itchy people. Itchy people. People with itching ears that, that, that love to hear what they want to hear, but when, when, the, when the word gets hard, when the word gets rough, they start hopping and popping. That'll surely fail your ministry if you're trying to build around folk that don't want to stay committed. You know, itching ears for everything. If it sounds good, they're gone. If it sounds good over there, they're gone. They'll be here for a little while and then, but as soon as the work began, you know, they through. The photo op is over. And now they're ready to move on to another chance to get their paper, picture in the newspaper or get on the news channel. We got a lot of that even during our movement we have now. With, with, with our Black Lives Movement or whatever movement we're having today, what the first thing they do is when the photo op is over, they, they don't even have any other interest in it. You won't see them working each and every day to do the work in the community. See, instead of getting in the newspaper, get in the community and get some work done. That will help us succeed in ministry. Then finally, in positioning yourself for success in ministry, you must dismiss all of the above, but sow it in good ground. Our text says that in these were those that sold on good ground, such that heard the word, received it, and brought forth fruit. And that some were, what, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100. See, when you get it right in ministry, when you get the right team, when you got it in the right place for your ministry, things will begin to click. Huh? 
ministry is easy when you got the right people and you got the right place and things start going good. And it, it, it's almost it ain't work, is it? I, I found that when you're in ministry, you got to do something that you like. When, if you don't like it, it's hard work, ain't it? But when you get in the ministry, it's something that you like. It becomes easy to you, ain't it? So when you get in that right ministry team in that right place for ministry, things will click. Jesus said in John 4, 37 and 37, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and finish the work. Say not that there are four months and then come the harvest. But I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look into the fields, for they are white and ready for the harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit into the eternal life. But both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the saying that is true. One soweth and another reapeth. And I sent you to reap that which in ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into your labors. See our mission is to sow the word into good ground doing the will of the God. And, and the harvest is before us. It's ready for the picking. And we are successful in ministry. God get the glorification for it. But we got to stay focused. You know God has done the work. All we need to do is our part. Working and harvesting evangelizing the lost ministering to the lame, the broken hearted the captive, the downtrodden, the blind and, and harvest. He said is ready for picking. See, that's good ground for success in ministry. We'll only do it when we get the work done. Ministry is not easy. I'm not trying to get everybody. It's not. But if we're faithful and get the work done, God said that he's offered us good ground that he has provided. And then he promised us 30, 60, and 100 percent return on our investment. No investment, no return. It's that simple, ain't it? Jesus said that the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore for the Lord of the harvest that he will come forth and laborers in the harvest. See, the job is out there, church. It's out there. If we fail, it's all on us. God did his part. You don't have to look far for the fine hurting folk. You don't have to look for, to find folk to minister to in our community, in our churches, in our homes, in our families. You know, even in our church house. You know, folk are hurting everywhere. All around us, they need us to position ourselves for the harvest. When it comes to hurting folk, the world is good ground for the picking. Huh? Failure comes when we fail to do the work that God has called us to do. God has put us in a position to do what Jesus was doing. I told you last week, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you that he that believeth on me that the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works that he shall do because I go to the Father. See, can you imagine doing greater works than what Jesus did? Huh? That's what the word said. He said it and I believe it, huh? And the problem is no matter how good the ground is, if we don't sow, if we don't cultivate, if we don't harvest, failure is imminent. Jesus positioned us in the church to succeed. Huh? The foundation has been laid and the method has been put before us. Only thing we got to do is follow the steps that God has already established. So to prepare for the greater works in the harvest that God has already promised us. I like the old song by Jacqueline Carr. She said, I, I feel a shaking in the spirit. I, I feel a beating in the spirit. I, I feel a pressing in the spirit. And if it had not been for the shaking, I would have never been ready for the making.
positioned us for success, not failure. It's time for the church to experience the shaking. Uh, do you feel it this morning in the house? God has prepared us for the shaking. He has positioned us. All we need to do is to step up and step into the greater work that God has prepared for us. It's time for us to get busy pounding the hill. Time for us to be about our Father's business. God is going to shake it up. Look at the world today. God has shaken up the world and, and the church is sitting here wondering how we want to succeed, but God has positioned us to succeed in this time that we're living in. We just need to be able to step up and step out. He told us to go into all the earth to be able to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's time for us to be about our Father's business, to get the work done. He's positioned us for success and not failure. The plan has been laid. He's put it down in writing. He said, Made it, make it plain so that we can know the process. God has a process in order for this world to be evangelized, the world to, to, to be taken, to be ministered to. But we got to be in the right place at the right time with the right motives. Everything got to be according to God's word. Start with the word. If you want to get right, start with the word. If you want to do anything right, start with the foundation. If the foundation is built on the rock, Jesus said it should be, it'll be safe. But if you build it on sinking sand, it'll fail away quickly. It'll surely fail. Get your foundations right by building on the word of God. Look at this message and, and be encouraged. We, we, we're doing what we should be doing by teaching the Word of God. The doors of our churches have been closed because of the pandemic, but the Word of God is still going out. He said that I will send my Word out and it shall not come back void. God's Word will succeed if we just put our trust in Him. So let's make some noise in the building, huh? Let's give some God some praise this morning. God has been worthy of all of the praise and glory and honor. So let's give Him some praise this morning for what He has already done. God did it and I believe it. That He said that His Word is true. God bless you. And may heaven ever smile upon you. If there's one in our Facebook audience or one on our conference line that have not accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, we invite you to get to know him today. He stands at the door and knocks. He says that one who have not heard the word and one have not received the word, he said that if you received him, I'll sup with you and you with me. And he said that he will receive you unto himself. Is that one today? We bless your name. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you for what you have given unto us. Hopefully we have sown it in the good ground. The word that will be sown, you said it will reap 30, 60, and 100 fold. I believe you. We've sown into good ground. We've sown into listening ears that we'll be able to receive the word. Those on our conference line, those in our Facebook audience, we believe that you will receive the word and God will multiply. Our churches shall be grown spiritually. Uh, we had church meeting, and many in church meetings said since our closure that they've become closer to God. They're, they've studied more. They've read more. They've gotten more preaching in by the various ministers that are preaching each and every Sunday. God, you can take what looks like a failure and break it look like a success. So we trust you, Lord, and we give you honor, praise, and glory for all that you have done. In Christ Jesus' name, let us pray. Amen. God bless you and may heaven smile upon you. We, this is Communion Sunday, so we invite you to get uh, some type of, 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 
um, liquid or, or, or juice and some type of bread. We know at your house you don't have the sacraments that we have at, at, at our church. But I truly believe that God said that if you would take and eat and drink, that he would bless you. He said that from that reason that we've neglected to eat and drink, that so many of us are sick and, and many sleep. So we invite you now to join into Holy Communion. We're going to come in this morning and we're going to bless the cup. And we're going to bless the bread. I just got juice and I just got crackers. But I believe that once we pray over it, he says the bread represents his body. The juice represents his blood. So we're praying there, Father God, we bless the bread and bless the juice that will be represent the body and the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you right now. We praise your name and we glorify you. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can come up. Crank out the other side of the cup. We got a piece of bread. First he says, take the bread. The bread represents his body. He says that let us take, let us eat together. He says the juice represents his blood. Let us drink together. He said after they took Holy Communion that they sang a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives. We, we don't have a Mount of Olives. We do have the hedges and the highways. So go out and take this word that we received today. Tell someone about the goodness of Jesus. Tell them how he died for your sins. and He died for the sins of the world. He desired that no man be lost. So all of us. So go out into the world and let someone know about the saving grace of Jesus. Well, I know it was the blood. Oh, yeah. I know it was the blood. My Lord. I know it was the blood. Save me. One day. Well, I know he died on the cross. Well, I know it was the blood. Save me. They say him and went out into the mouth of ours. Like I said, go out and tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. Position yourself this week so that you can be in a way, get in the way of people. Don't, don't be afraid and run away. Get in the way of people and let them know about the goodness of the Lord. That he died on the cross, not for me, but what? For you and I. He died so that we can have everlasting life. God bless you today and may have another smile upon you. We'll see you again next week from the Piney Hill Baptist Church in 320 Slap Creek Road in Amherst, Virginia. We are broadcasting here from On the Wall Ministries here in Alta Vista, Virginia. May God bless you and may heaven ever smile upon you. Be blessed.